0: Um, our sermon text today is the passage from First Corinthians. Um, if you didn't tell, I'm like Luther in a sense. I love Paul. I absolutely love Paul. And why do you suppose I love Paul, anybody? Why do you? Why do you guys like Paul? He gives us lessons for our daily life, right? Like it's something applicable. It's not. I love Jesus, and I love hearing the stories of Jesus, and you can apply all those things to your life. But Paul is, like, really direct in your face, right? Like, this is what you should do. This is what you shouldn't do. This is how you should behave if you're a Christian. This is how you care for the widows and the poor and the least of these. That's why I like Paul. So let's pray, and then we'll open up. Lord, as we hear your word, the body of Christ... May you take this Holy Scripture. May you comfort the afflicted in this church. And may you afflict the comfortable. God be with us in Jesus' name. Amen. So, again, uh, we're looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, starting in verse 12. And I have some notes over here. Occasionally, I might glance at them. But we're just going to look at it. So we all know it's, the whole body is one, right? It, it, it requires every piece to function properly. Now, a pastor doesn't have a gallbladder. When I was 12 years old, uh, they couldn't figure out why I kept getting pancreatitis. So I almost died a couple times, and they said to my parents, well, let's just take his gallbladder out and see if it helps. Literally, that's what they said. And it has seemed to help. Now, I don't have all of my pancreas. So everyone knows there's two arteries, or you might know there's two arteries in your pancreas. You have a large one and a small one. And I don't have the large one. I only have the small one. So it makes things like eating nice pork chops very difficult. I get really sick. I can't consume a lot of alcohol, right, just a little bit, because I'll get pancreatitis and end up in the hospital. In the same sense, I'll tell you a story this past week. So our dog, Trinity, so we have Charity and Trinity, and uh, Trinity is having asthma, I I believe. I got to bring him to uh, Maisie's daughter, wherever, yeah, to go look at her. (laughs) And I said to Amanda, I said, give me the Benadryl. And some of you guys have heard the story, but she throws the bottle of Benadryl thinking it was going to hit the pillow, and it hit me right on the nose. Now, She might have done it on purpose. I don't know. (laughs) But, like, for three days, it has hurt, right? It's the little parts of our body that, man, if they get injured, it hurts, right? Uh, I like to take the pressure point on your pinky and bend it when I'm in a fight with the kids or Amanda. (laughs) And my grandpa showed that to me many, many years ago. And they hate it. But it works, right? You just bend that pinky because it makes the whole body squirm. It's a pressure point. The point here is the whole body is connected. You can take that pinky and make the biggest man go on the ground, right? Um, And so in today's text, we're going to learn how all of those body parts, the body of Christ, is all interconnected. Right? And, and our body, the human body, is a good example that is used by Paul to describe just how that works. So again, in verse 12. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all its members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. So when I look at this, I say to myself, what, I mean, what does that mean? It means that we are brothers and sisters in Christ. There are many of us in this room today, right? There are many Christians around the world today, worshiping in their various churches, denominations, right? Backgrounds, whatever it may be. Um, But guess what? We're all still brothers and sisters. We worship the same Lord. Christian churches, that is. We worship the same Lord. We are one body in Christ. And no matter where in the world you go, right, whatever Christian church you find, you are brothers and sisters with those people. Divisions among the body of Christ is is not God's will. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body. Jews are Greeks, slaves are free. We are all made to drink one spirit. So it goes back to that point there, right? We are all baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Thus, we have been adopted. We are part of that same family. We have the same DNA as each other. And it doesn't matter that I was baptized Presbyterian, which I was. Anybody else baptized Presbyterian? Me and Thelma are the Presbyterians are right? baptized Lutheran, our Methodist, or whatever you may be, our Baptist or non-denominational. you may have been baptized as an adult or a kid, my grandmother by the Catholic nuns, right? We are all part of the body of Christ. We are all been baptized into this family. And while we can debate the theology of baptism, what it means what really matters most is that God does the baptism, not man. That's what matters. For the body does not consist of one member, but many. Right? The church is not one sole individual. That includes the pastor, right? It is the body of Christ. It is everyone in this room. And the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body. That would not make it any less part of the body. Right? So, I mean, I guess you can cut your foot off, but it's still your foot. Right? Still your foot. I mean, it's pretty uh, crazy imagery here. But it's true. Um, And the ear should not say, because I am not an eye. I do not belong to the body. That would not make it any less part of the body. Now, what are we getting at here? We have all this imagery about cutting off our body parts this morning. Pretty wild, right? Now, I have some buttons uh, from the Civil War uh, at home somewhere. My, I don't know, somewhat great-grandfather, maybe four generations, was a doctor. And don't tell anybody, he was a Yankee doctor for the Union. All right? We had him on both sides of the family. And uh, I remember with my Aunt Dot, when she was still alive, going through old family photographs. And this doctor in the family, uh, they would pay him in things like chickens and cows and stuff, right? But in the Civil War, what do they do to cut off a body part? They warmed up a, a sword or a knife, cut it off, right? Now, why in the world would we talk about that on a Sunday morning? The point is that our body parts are interdependent of each other, right? Our, our foot can't operate without the leg. Our hand can't move without the arm, Right? We are dependent upon each other. And let me tell you, when, when the doctor probably cut off that foot, I guarantee you the rest of the body hurt, right? So the point of the Christian faith is that we carry each other's burdens and we carry each other's uh, lack of skills and abilities. Like we, we uplift each other. We complement each other, like a marriage, Right? One spouse compliments the other, right? You usually have a really organized person, a really not organized person, right? Um, You have someone that is boring and you have someone that likes excitement in their life. And you got to have both. And it is like that in the church. You have all parts. You have people that are visionaries and are looking at the forest and saying, how do we cut, how do we get through this? How do we figure this out for the church? And you have those people that say, sit there in the same spot, never want to move. And somehow they meet in the middle, right? The point here is that we complement each other. That's the whole point of the body parts here that Paul talks about. Let's see if I can get back to where I was. Verse 12, okay, here we go. But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. So it's not up to me what my spiritual gifts are. It's up to God. He wills it, and he makes it happen. So again, nobody wants to be a prophet. That is the last job anybody wants. It's the job that you get abused in and killed in. But guess what? God chooses, not you. I mean, wouldn't it be awesome to have the gift of healing? You know, I could go around town healing people. That would be a great spiritual gift. But only if the Lord wills it to me. It's not for my glory, it's for God's. If all were a single member, where would the body be? The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need for you, nor again the head to the feet. I have no need of you. Now, I want us to think about this passage. We can't say to each other at church, we don't need you, right? You can't say to your neighbor, you know what, today I don't like you, right? I mean, we might not like, but we love them. Because we're brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, our Lord. We are all one. We are all one, friends. If you continue this. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. And our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty. Now, I'm trying to think, when you, when you hear these verses, I think of, you know, the weak, obviously. So, the ones that we really need to protect in our church. First, our children at the church, right? They need us. This is a crazy world we live in, right? They need church grandparents and aunts and uncles, And whatever other family relation you want to come up with, cousins, they need you. I can tell you my kids do. As a pastor, I move around, and we don't have family. And I'm going to tell you, it gets lonely. But they have plenty of church grandparents and aunts and uncles and cousins, and I praise God for that, right? And no matter where we've been, we have those people. Um. It's the same with the other kids in this church. They need you. Right? Um, We need each other. Think of the widows. That's some of you this morning. The widowers. We as the church need to surround those people. In my last church in Chiefland, uh, within the year I was there, a year or so, uh, we had like eight widows, brand new widows. And we just tried to love on them as best we could. And, uh, you know, it's a hard thing. But we are the church. We are the body of Christ. We are there to support each other in those difficult moments. Uh, That's what the scripture is telling us this morning. Verse 24. Which our most presentable parts do not require. But God has composed the body giving greater honor to the part that lacked it. That there is no division in the body, but that members may have the same care for one another. So, let's talk about that, right? No divisions in the body. There's nothing more that Satan wants than to cause divisions in his holy church. The bride of Christ. And it happens, doesn't it? From time to time, it's 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 happened here. It's happened, you know, obviously we go back 1,500, 2,000 years. We got the East and the West church splitting while we have the Orthodox Christians and we have the Catholics, right? And then we move forward. We go to Martin Luther 500-something years ago and, you know, he put those theses on the door. And, again, another huge split. Then we go to the little things like, I'm just going to say the local the local Baptist church, because this is a true story, but I won't say the church, they split over a daycare center, right? Or they didn't like the pastor. I mean, I, I can't say it, you know. You guys don't like me, I don't know. Maybe all of you don't. But pastors leaving, uh, 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 congregations leaving over the pastor. I see it all the time, especially in the Lutheran church. I have heard so many stories over the last month and a half uh, I didn't like so-and-so, so I left the church. church isn't about Pastor Blue, right? It's not about me. It's not about Deacon Jim. It's not about Ena. It's not about any of your staff. It's not about any members. It's about Christ. Christ and him crucified, right? And so we can't have divisions. Uh, Paul talks about, an, I believe it's Acts, right? Some are for... Cephas, Summer for so-and-so, and and he goes into like four different parties of people that go, uh, that the people are following, and he says, no, Christ. It's Christ that we follow. That's all I care about. Christ. Get in your Bible, friends. Know the word. And if anybody is, uh, again, saying, man, I'm, I'm PO'd at Pastor Blue. Uh, let's talk because I don't want you to just leave and go to another church. P.O'd at me, and then you go over to that pastor, and then you get p.o'd at them. You know, um, let's not do that. Um, so let's let's continue here, verse twenty-six. Um, if one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now this is where I struggle. Has anybody heard of the term enmeshment before? Enmeshment, okay, it's a psychology term. It's usually unhealthy, right? So, like, in our family in South Louisiana, we're all enmeshed Cajuns, okay? So, when grandma was mad, everybody was mad. (laughs) When, When grandma was happy, everybody's happy. See, we have a matriarch system in South Louisiana, right? Amanda's momma was in charge and everybody knew it and you didn't cross her. Okay? And it's it's kind of unhealthy. But the Bible says that we should be enmeshed to a certain degree as a church. When, let's just call it, when like Mr. Dennis in the back has, you know, was in a hospital. Everybody is concerned about him, right? When another person is sick. Everyone is concerned. When someone dies, everyone is there for them. That's the level of enmeshment that we're talking about. That we have genuine concern. That we don't do things just because, well, that's the right thing to do. Or, I'm obligated. But it's out of my love for my fellow man, my brother or sister, that I care for them. They are part of the flock, part of our fold. Right? That's what we're talking about. And I can tell you here in a church like us, our size, it's so much easier to get to know our neighbors, isn't it? We know each other. We love each other. We hug each other even when we're not supposed to. Right? That's what we're talking about. Love for one another, friends. Um, verse 27. 27. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. So I want you to point that out, the individual understanding that God has called you and placed you here. Like, uh, I think many of you have been here forever and ever, right? Uh, Miss Gert uh, and Bill, they, they were still the newbies, they said, 15 years, right? And I still think of Steve and Logan when they started coming by. And you think of how God brings people to his church. It's incredible to know that story, um, how God brought you here. Because there was a reason. And in those days that people are difficult to deal with, and there will be those days. I like animals the most over people. Because they're always loving and caring and excited to see me, right? So that's why we have the two. And then we have the poor cat that's 20 years old that lives in the basement. And um, so God is, God and his people are interesting. <laughs> but we are all here. We are all here. So um, God is appointed in the church first apostles. So somebody in this room, I mean, he says that's his priority, is to be an apostle, right? So somebody in this room is an apostle. We went over some of this last week. Second, prophets. Third, teachers. Now, I can tell you, Ms. Stelma here is in charge of Parish ed. She needs teachers. We need people to step up, friends, and be, and be teachers. Because God's called you to be a teacher. We need that. We need his church to step up and, and run this place. This is God's house, friends. Right? I can't count on Bill every week, guys, to run slides. I need somebody that has a smartphone that knows how to flip on Facebook to do that. I need people to be able to put oil in the candles other than Rob and a few other people, right? I need people to be able to help run this place. Poor Chuck tore his rotator cuff, and he was up here last night putting hem boards together, right? Barely could lift his arm. We need people, right? Church is more than Sunday. It's a lot involved to get this place ready. And those of you that are actively involved, you know how much work it takes to run our church. And you certainly would not say this little church after you knew all that was involved to get this place running every week. There's a lot. Um, We need you. Uh, Miracles, gifts of healing, helping, administering. Now, one translation, the Common English Bible calls this leadership. It takes leadership in the church. Not everybody's called to be a leader but some of you are. In various kinds of tongues, are all prophets, apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all miracle workers? Do you all possess the gift of healing? Do you all speak in tongues? Do you all interpret? But earnestly desire higher gifts. And I will show you still a more excellent way. So we should desire, that's the last verse here, and then I'll wrap this thing up because I see people sleeping. Okay, we should desire for God, the maker of the universe, the redeemer of sins, the one who gave us salvation on the cross, to serve his kingdom. We should be earnestly, according to the scripture, verse 30, praying, God, use me. Use me. And we should never complain about it. God, use me. How can I glorify the kingdom? How can I glorify you, right? It's a longing, a yearning for the Lord, right? Here I am, Lord. Use me. So this morning, I I want you to pray this week. Lord, how can you use me for his glory, your glory, How can I bring others to know Jesus? How can I serve his church? And it doesn't have to be just First Lutheran. There's plenty of ministry in Dundalk. We should start here at home. There's a lot of needs, friends. Reach out to to people that you love. Friends, let us pray. Lord, We take your word from Paul this morning and we ask you to take our hearts and bind them together give us the gifts that you have called us to have for your will and your glory help us use those gifts without complaints without um, fear. God, so that your kingdom on earth can be built up. Let us join hands with our brothers and sisters, first in this church, second in this community, and lastly around the world, to love people where they are. And in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Let us rise for our hymn of the day.